go to the Lord in prayer as you uh, get ready for this morning's message. Lord, thank you that we get to worship you, Father, that we have the privilege to come and worship you. I pray, Father, that we wouldn't just uh, think this is some casual time. This is showing up with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, we want to give you praise and glory and honor because you're due all of it. You are holy and you are worthy. And so, Father, we say thank you that we get to be used by you, that we get to be, uh, the power of Jesus would go out in the name of Jesus over this church body, Father, through this community, that that we would proclaim Jesus boldly in this community. So, Father, we thank you that every dollar that comes back is used for your glory, for your namesake. So, Father, minister to those that right now need your love, your touch. Just exude your power to them right now, Father. And we just trust you. We thank you that we get to pray in the holy and the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. Uh, We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 today, Acts chapter 4, as we continue on through our walk through the book of Acts. Last week in Acts chapter 3, we saw this incredible healing. This man that was born lame from birth was sitting at the beautiful gate begging for money to get through his normal day, and he was calling out, and Peter and John stop, and they say, in the name of Jesus, there's healing. And they call him up, they pull him up, and immediately his legs are restored, his ankles are restored, and he is jumping up and down through the power of Jesus. He is completely healed. And we're going to continue on. We're going to see what happens as Peter and John proclaim the good news today. As we get going in our our message today, I don't know, is there a time where you've ever been around people that are just kind of bigwigs and full of power and maybe have a lot of resources, and you felt like a nobody Have you ever felt really unqualified before? And I got to tell you, a couple years ago, about four or five years ago, one of the ministries that we support off and on here at the church is called Food for the Hungry. And I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. They said, Pastor George, would you come and would you just tell about the mission field and about the impact that food makes as we uh, have supported, you know, these little villages as they, kids get education and there's more uh, strength and there's more peace as well for our our country and our government. And so I said, sure, I'll come and I'll talk about my mission experience. Well, they just kind of said, hey, we've got a plane ticket and you just show up and we'll throw you on a bus and you'll be meeting with a bunch of senators and house of representatives. And and I get there and I show up and they all have business cards. They're all handing out business cards. And I'm like, well, here's my (laughs) scrap of paper with my name or my email on it. And I just get thrown onto this bus. We're going with around about a couple different states, Iowa, Nebraska, and, and Kansas senators. About five, seven other guys are on the, you know, with me as well. And next to me on the bus, there's this guy that just, we strike up a conversation. I don't really have a lot in common with a lot of these different people on this trip. And so we talked about his son was going through Chick-fil-A training, you know, program, internship program. I said, well, my son's about to get a job, you know, so we had something in common. Well, we're about to get off the bus, and he just says, if you ever need anything in the state of Alabama, I'm like, I don't go through Alabama very often, unfortunately. He said, I want you to know, here's my card. And he was the attorney general for the state of Alabama. And I was like, I don't have any clue why I'm here, you know. I was going around meeting with these senators. I was next to the guy that was overseeing the wheat council, millions and billions of dollars in wheat ag ag industry, and and the beef council was right there. And and I'm telling about my mission trip experience. Well, I felt pretty unqualified being around most of those people that day. I want you to know, 
Peter and John are going to have an experience like that. They're going to be called before the courts and feel in a place where they feel totally uneducated, unqualified, and yet we're going to see some boldness. And this is my hope and prayer is that we would become bold in our faith as well. You know, sometimes we're a little bit weak and sometimes we want to shy away from difficult situations because when I was studying for this, one of the commentaries says, our culture today is called the aspirin generation. What that means is we like to do anything we can to avoid pain. We don't want pain, difficulty, hardship. We will do anything to avoid it. We will go and we will buy our way out of it. We will drink our way out of it. We will have some sessions where we just kind of positively think differently out of it because we don't want to be uncomfortable. But sometimes God wants to use us in those hard situations to be bold for Jesus. And that's what I'm praying, that we would become more bold. So we're going to read Acts chapter 4 and see what happens with Peter and John. And so if you have your Bibles, follow along. It's also on the screen as well. Here we go. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus' name um, the resurrection from the dead. And they were arrested them and put them under custody. And the next day, it was, since it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed and number of men came to be about 5,000. Okay, so here's what's happened. They are proclaiming, this guy is in jail. The, the guy that healed with them is right there. They start proclaiming the good news and telling him about the word of God. 5,000 people come to know Jesus. It's incredible, the expansion of the gospel, that the Sadducees and the leaders of this court say, we're done with this. You're creating a commotion. You're still talking about Jesus. We just arrested Jesus and put him to death a couple weeks ago. And so they arrest them. And so here they are the next day. Well, let's go to uh, verse uh, 5. It says, on the next day, the rulers and the elders and the scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Ananias, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power, by what name did you do this? So here he is, Peter and John, they are before these people of authority, people that control the culture, that have power and have the name. It's been passed down to them. Verse 9, it says, the eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that which you rejected, the builder which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved." Verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they uh, had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? What noble sign, this noble sign has been performed for it's evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and we can't deny it. But in order that we may spread no further among the people, let's warn them to speak no more or to anyone in this name. 
So they called them and they charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you or rather to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had uh, further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all who were praising God for what had happened, for the man whom the healing sign was performed was more than 40 years old. Verse 23. And when they released, they went to their friends and reported to the chief priests, the elders, everything that had been said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God, saying, Sovereign and uh, sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot it in vain? And the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his anointed. For truly in this city there are gathered together against the holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand, your plan, had predestined to take place." And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak with the word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders were being performed through the name of the holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who were believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that anything that they had belonged to him or was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land and houses and sold them and brought the proceeds which were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as they had need. Awesome. What's going on here? So here's what I want to give you of several points, if you want to write these down, about how we can be bold in our faith. And so the first thing we see here, I want you to see, number one, is that they were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Go to verse 8. It says on the uh, on verse eight, it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, that's what my hope is and my prayer is for this whole series in Acts, that we would be more open to the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. I've been praying every morning that I wake up, Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see the ministry that you have before me, that I would have wisdom to understand the scriptures, that I would be moved to be obedient to the things of God. Friend, I would encourage you and challenge you, pray that prayer with me, that you would be open to the Holy Spirit's movement and presence in your lives. That's how they were able to be bold in the midst of a great persecution, the chance of being you know, really impacted by these people that could have overseen them and caused danger to their lives, and they boldly proclaimed the gospel. That's because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So that's number one. I pray that we would be more anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom as you open the scriptures. Will allow you to pray powerfully for the needs of the body of Christ. And also will call you to obedience in the Lord Jesus as we listen to the Holy Spirit. So that's number one. That's how they did these, this boldness was because they were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Number two, I want you to see they were incredibly courageous. They were so, they were filled with courage. 
And friends, we need to be filled with courage in the Lord as well. Verse 13, if you have it, you can go there. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they were perceived to be uneducated common men, and they were astonished. They saw their boldness. Friends, I don't, you know, um, I recently got a haircut over here at, at a barber, and I went in there, and there was just me and the barber and one other guy. And he was uh, another believer, and I knew in this community, but he also has a, a job that represents a, a big company. He said, okay, I want you guys to know I'm taking off my work hat here, and I'm going to talk about my faith. Friend, we got to be bold. we got to be courageous to talk about Jesus anywhere and everywhere. I don't, you know, if we're a teacher over here, if we are a substitute, if I'm on a, you know, school committee board, I take the, the, the blood of Jesus with me everywhere I go. And I know it's hard at times. I know our companies are sometimes saying, hey, don't talk about your faith. Don't bring religion here. Friend, we've got to have courage to stand up for Jesus. It's just too important. And we see them, here they are in front of these men that are arrested them, they're threatening them, and they have this boldness and this courage. So I pray that God would be making us uh, people of courage, faithful, courageous people in this community so that more can hear. The third thing I want you to see is that they have a desire to use and share the gospel everywhere they went. Any opportunity, they took the opportunity to share the gospel. Here's what was happening. This man gets healed. And then everyone, what do they do? He, this man's jumping up and down. Everyone's gonna say, looking at Peter and John saying, no, no, it wasn't us. This was the power of Jesus, okay, given to us through the Holy Spirit. He says, when there uh, will be power given to you in the name of Jesus, Acts 1.8. So we will have power given to us by the Holy Spirit. Every one of us as a believer has been gifted us the Holy Spirit as you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. So therefore, they took every opportunity to share the gospel. They were in front of people that were, you know, threatening them. They shared the gospel. They went away. You know, 5,000 people came to know Jesus Christ that day. It was powerful. It was contagious. So where are you going to take that opportunity? You know, at your workplace. A lot of us, it's our families. Our families, don't. some don't want to talk about a relationship with Jesus. Well, maybe it's time to take that opportunity to bring up, hey, Jesus has changed my life. He has wrecked my life for good. I am a new creation because of the Lord Jesus. Therefore, I want to tell you about the most important thing in my life. They took every opportunity. And I'm telling you, God, you know, sometimes you feel inadequate. Like, I'm not sure I understand the scriptures enough. Friend, God loves to use, use us when we're weak. He loves to shine through you and use you for the gospel being expanded. This is what 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27 says. Paul's saying here, he says, Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the strong. So friend, maybe God has called you into a place where you're going to feel uncomfortable. He is equipping you. He's giving you his presence. He wants to use you to share the gospel everywhere you go. And they shared it boldly, okay? Verse 12, very important. They say here, and there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. They're telling these men that have it all together, that are all about the religious rights and doing things, you know, righteously and according to the law. And he's saying, there's no other name under heaven that you can be saved by except Jesus Christ. 
And so, friend, we got to be bold out here in our community as well, carrying the name and the power and the hope of Jesus everywhere we go. So I pray that that would be true for us, that we would take every opportunity we can to share the gospel. The fourth thing I want you to see about being bold for the Lord Jesus is that there is like, between John and Peter, there's a nearness and a similarity to Christ. Everybody knew that they had been with Jesus. Verse 13, it says this. And now they were, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated, common men, and they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Everybody knew that they had been hanging out with Jesus. They were starting to quote scripture like Jesus. They were starting to show compassion like Jesus. They were starting to heal like Jesus. They were praying powerfully like Jesus. Everyone said, oh man, they had been with Jesus. The question is for us, what do people say about you? Do they say, or have you been with Jesus? Oh man, they have, the way they pray, the way they talk about the Lord, they've been with Jesus. Because I, I want you to know, I've, I've said this for years, especially being in youth ministry, parents of children pray for their friends because whoever your child is starting to hang out around with, that's who they'll start to become like. That's just how they, the impact of our friends is significant. We start to become like those we hang around with. So the question is, have we been hanging out with Jesus? Are we digging into his word? Are we open to the movement of the Holy Spirit? And, and therefore, we're becoming more and more like Christ. Because that should be true of us. And I got to say, it's also true in when you start thinking about those you want to date. It's very true about also finding someone equally yoked. Some people say, you know what? I don't need to worry about where they're at with the Lord. I can, you know, talk to them about Jesus and they'll come to faith in Christ later on. It's called missionary dating. Well, friend, it doesn't always work. Uh, a lot of times what happens is the one that's really on fire for the Lord starts to become a little bit more nominal. We'll go to church once in a while. We'll go to church on Easter and, you know, uh, Christmas. And maybe, you know what, we, you know, we'll just go when we need our kids baptized. And all of a sudden you start to fall away from the Lord, friend. We've got to be true. I, I have a friend in this community that he's told me a number of times, he said, um, George, I, I, I would love to be worshiping at your church. He says, I know I, I grew up Protestant. I would love to be worshiping the Lord. I grew up with more contemporary worship. That's what I truly desire. But he said, you know what? My wife's Catholic. And so we decided that it would be less confusing to raise our kids Catholic. And he's saying, wait a sec. I would love to have that personal relationship. Friend, are you becoming more like Jesus? Are you spending time with the Lord, spending time in his word so that people would say, hey, I know that they've been with Jesus. I know they're hanging out with the Lord. I can see it. It's true in how they live their lives. There's a fruit that comes from it. So there's a similarity in Peter and John. They recognize, hey, they've been with Jesus. The fifth thing I want you to see about being bold for the Lord is that there is an unbelievable loyalty to God. They're just loyal to the Lord. Uh, verse 19 and 20, this is what it says. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. There's an unbelievable loyalty to the Lord. Here they are being threatened. They're saying, hey, you know what? Don't talk about the Lord here. Don't go away and talk about Jesus anymore. Stop doing that. And so here's what we need to kind of examine our own lives. 
Are we being loyal to the Lord? Are we willing to take the, the cross of Christ with us anywhere we go and everywhere we go to our business places, to our works, to our families, to our you know, communities and neighborhoods? And so we see an unbelievable loyalty to God. The last point I want you to see about being bold for the Lord is they have a confidence over the gospel. They are just so confident that the gospel of Jesus Christ, that tr truly he died for their sins and was raised again from the grave. He says in verse 20, he says um, that we, uh, it says, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. They're speaking about with their own eyes what they have seen and heard. Just last chapter, in chapter 3, verse uh, um, 14 and 15, this is what it says. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murder to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witness, and by his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong. They are witnesses to the death and the resurrection. They are so convinced in the gospel. Friend, have you put your faith and trust into the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're so convinced that you're willing to tell anyone and everyone because you have this confidence in the gospel? I pray that that would be true of us. Here's what I love about this. Here's what they did. As soon as they get released, what do they do? They go and they gather with friends, and they prayed. And what did they pray for? They pray in verse 29, they pray, Lord, give us more boldness to keep sharing the gospel, to keep showing the love of Jesus everywhere we go. They weren't going to be silenced. There was no quieting them. They continued to have boldness, and they prayed for it. And when they stopped praying, it says the whole place shook. That's the power of Jesus there, friend. And so I pray that we would have powerful prayer to ask the Lord for more boldness to share Jesus. One of the things I want you to close with is that these people in this church, they were changed. Their lives were changed. How do we know that they were changed? Because at the end, in verse 20, you know, 32 to 35, it says they took care of one another. When one of them had a need, they would step up and care for the other they would recognize that land that I have, it's just something that I can use for the kingdom of God and for one another. So friend, they would minister and use what they had. They would sell it so they could take care of the needs of one another. A lot of you guys uh, probably know we had a, a fire a number of weeks ago, but the, um, our mower got burned up. And so I, have, I haven't had a real way to mow the lawn. And so uh, Lee Applequist said, you know what? You can just borrow my mower. He says, you know it's not my mower anyway. It's the Lord's mower. And he just drove it over and dropped it off so I could mow the lawn. You know, that's what they were doing. They were taking care of the needs of one another. And that's what we are called to do as the body of Christ, minister and be changed for the glory of God. They were in unity and they were expressing the power of the resurrection and the amazing grace of God. That's what they were saturating themselves in. So friends, how can we be bold for Jesus? What way is God calling you? Is it at your workplace? Is it at your neighborhood? If you just say, I don't have any opportunities, the thing I want to challenge you to do, pray for boldness. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. And I promise you, God will provide opportunities. One way you might want to do it is get to know a coworker. Tell them, can I pray for you? As they're going through something, can I lift you up and pray for you? Get to know a neighbor and start just ministering to them and loving on them. Also, there's a great opportunity to go on a mission trip. 
You know, I think when you go on a mission trip, sometimes you're nervous, but you go over to a, a place that nobody really knows you, and you all of a sudden are a little bit more bold for the Lord. Our team's going to Guatemala in the, uh, uh, the later part of November. And if you're interested, I think there's even a meeting afterwards today. That would be an opportunity for you to come back and start being bold for the Lord Jesus here. I got to tell you, my son Josh went on a mission trip over spring break. Uh, and they went down to Nashville. They had the chance to share their faith. They went around the city of Nashville praying with strangers. And I just got to tell you, I've seen him come back, and he's come back with more of a boldness to talk about his faith in Jesus Christ. That's what we do when we start practicing it. So I pray that God would be calling us to be bold, that we would be anointed with the Spirit, that we would have courage, and we would also have a desire to use every opportunity for the Lord Jesus. And that there would be, because of our closeness to Jesus, people would say, I know that they've been hanging out with the Lord Jesus. We'd remain loyal to God, and we would have a confidence in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning and we thank you that you use us, average, ordinary people, for your glory and for your namesake. Lord, we, we often feel unequipped or unprepared. Or, or Father, I pray that you would give us a boldness just to speak up for the things of God, to have eyes to share the gospel and the good news and the hope of Jesus Christ and what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Heavenly Father, use us as the body to show grace and ministry to one another, and it would be evident to this community. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hear the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Have a blessed week.